Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for September 26, 2023. What's the outlook for the housing market? The rise in mortgage rates have had a predictable effect on home sales, which have been plummeting since the beginning of 2022. What else could be straining the housing market? And when should we expect things to turn around? This is Brian Kirk. And with me today to discuss the factors affecting the housing market are nationwide senior economist, Ben Ayers, and economist, Daniel Vilhaber. Ben, let's start with you. Mortgage rates have reached a level we haven't seen in more than 20 years. And I noted at the opening that we've seen a sharp decline in home sales in the last 18 months. But what are the underlying trends driving this decline? Can you tell us more about that? Sure. You know, as you say, Brian, total home sales really dropped off over the past 18 plus months. You know, when you look at it from a recent peak we saw at the beginning of 2022 to the recent low in, in January of 2023, we saw a 35% decline. There was a short-lived pop in activity earlier this year in response to some temporary easing of mortgage rates. It came down a little bit from where they were at the end of 2022. But you know, now with 30-year fixed mortgage rates above 7.5% in many areas, sales are again retesting those January lows that we saw and likely to go down even further in coming months. When I look at the past year and a half of what's happened within the housing market, there's really both a negative demand and a negative supply reaction from what we've seen. Let's start with the demand side, because that's typically where we see the stronger sensitivity to mortgage rates. And the main issue here for potential buyers is affordability. According to the Case-Shiller Home Price Index, the cost of a home has climbed more than 30% since the beginning of 2021. And at the same time, you have mortgage rates that have more than doubled over that same time frame. So because of that, we see a measure from the NAR, their Housing Affordability Index, dropped in July to its lowest level since 1985. So it's telling us that this is the worst market to buy a home since the mid-1980s. And you know the demand constraints, they're most acute for first-time home buyers who, who really aren't benefiting from the rise in home values. So you think about an existing home buyer, they might say, yeah, it's more expensive for the mortgage rate, but at least I've, my value has gone up relative when you try to switch homes, but especially for first-time home buyers who aren't benefiting from that, and you're adding on much higher mortgage rates and mortgage costs, it's, it's really a constraint on overall activity. Um, so that's the demand side, but really I think the unique aspect of this housing cycle is the extreme lack of supply that's been caused by the rise in mortgage rates. You know, following a period of ultra low rates coming into the pandemic, an estimated 94% of current mortgages are under 5% and nearly 80% are below 4%. So you're just created a big widespread lock-in effect where you know the vast majority of current homeowners aren't going to list their home in the current market. They don't want to trade up that three, four percent mortgage up to a seven and a half, maybe an eight percent mortgage where we could go in the next couple months. And you know, that's really reduced the amount of supply of existing homes on the market. They've been record lows over recent months. And new listing this year are actually running well below where they were last year, which was already quite a sparse market when you looked at the amount of existing homes on the market. We're just getting even lower and lower. And, you know, the adage is it's hard to buy a home if you can't find one. And the lack of supply has also helped us support prices. Uh, where we expect 
national prices to rise about 5% this year on top of the gains that we've seen over the past couple of years. And again, that just makes that affordability problem even worse for potential home buyers. So, you know, the outlook is not very bright when you think about both the, the demand and the supply constraints that are being placed on the market as we look out for the next six to 12 months. And unfortunately, the bad news keeps coming because it doesn't look like there's going to be any relief in mortgage rates for quite some time. A lot of this ties back to our expectations for the Fed. We just heard in recent weeks the Fed is likely to maintain a higher for longer rate path, and that kind of carries down to the mortgage rates that we see across the overall market. We don't expect to see any meaningful decline until maybe late in 2024, uh, and maybe even later, depending on how long the Fed sticks to its guns with a higher for longer rate pass. So that likely means in the meantime, a pretty weak period of growth and not really seeing more activity until we get maybe even into 2025. Well, thanks, Ben. Appreciate that. Daniel, let's turn to you now. Let's talk about the dichotomy we're seeing in the housing market. You know, there's weakness that we see on the existing side of the market, but we haven't seen as much weakness in the new side. Why do you think new home sales have been so much stronger than existing homes? Well, Part of it is the dearth of existing homes for sale that Ben talked about is pushing a prospective home buyers into the market for new homes, and it has been for quite some time. Demographics are still solid for housing demand. Net household formations in 2022 were the strongest since 2014, and those families need shelter. So where are they going to look? Well, one option, which we're not discussing today, and certainly getting a share of families in the current high interest environment is apartments, but invariably, a low supply of existing homes will lead to higher demand for new homes. But Ben discussed that demand was lower for existing homes in large part due to mortgage rates, and those same rates apply to mortgages on new homes, so it should be having a similar effect, right? Well, there's a little more wiggle room on this for new homes, and builders have been buying down mortgage rates in order to incentivize new home purchases. And as an aside, builders are more willing to offer this incentive rather than just lower prices because they feel it'd be more difficult to claw back those price concessions over time. But as it is, mortgages are likely a bigger hang-up for buyers than prices anyway because currently the price per square foot of a new home is actually lower than the price per square foot of an existing home, which is just another example of the incredible lack of supply of existing homes. So in the market for new homes, you have a situation where underlying demand is solid because household formation has been strong. There are a lot more prospective buyers, both because home buyers simply can't find existing homes for sale and because the price environment means that the new homes are currently cheaper on a per square foot basis. And you have home builders helping to offset the main factor suppressing demand of the existing side. That is that they're buying down mortgage rates. And when you combine all these, you get new home sales, which have been well above the long run median all year, including what we saw in the August data that just came out this morning. While existing home sales have been very low from a historical perspective. Well, so if the supply is holding back the housing market in such a degree, why is it that home builders aren't picking up the pace of construction? Yeah, that's a good question. So the easiest answer here is there's decent evidence that builders couldn't do this even if they wanted to. Construction crews appear to have felt the tight labor market as much as any other group. And for much of the last two years, the number of housing units under construction has been at levels we haven't seen any time prior to the current expansion, suggesting that construction crews are just struggling to get through projects and decrease their backlogs. Also, it's annual data, so the latest we have is for 2022, but the average length of time from authorization to start and from start to completion were both record highs last year. And it's possible these have pulled back some from that time, but it's still likely that they're high from any historical standard. The second point is that 
even if builders could build more homes to better fill the gaping hole left in housing supply, it would be incredibly costly for them to scale their efforts to make new homes more affordable. As it is, the question we've been asking in our meetings is for how long builders will continue to offer home buyer incentives in the form of buying down mortgages as the costs associated with doing so have to be adding up at this point. We don't have insider information, but it seems unlikely that builders would be able to make those same offers for a substantially higher number of new home listings. All that is to say that even if they were able to work through projects faster and build more houses, the impact it would have on total home sales would likely be minimal. Well, thanks, Daniel. Now, Ben, with all these factors that you and Daniel have been talking about, it sounds like we could be in an extended period of weakness for home sales for a while here. What is the current outlook for sales over the next couple of years? And when increased sales do come around again, what market factors could fuel that boost? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I think the outlook is rather dour when you look ahead for the, the next 12 months, you know, also factoring in that we expect a recession. Uh, it should be modest in nature, but when you look at, you know, at least the next six to 12 months, you, you factor in these these headwinds for many of the demand and supply components and then factoring in maybe some job losses or a rise in unemployment rate. That's not a great outlook when you look at the overall housing picture for, for much of the next year. And I think you start to start with mortgage rates. And I think a 30-year fixed mortgage rate will remain above 7% well into 2024. And even by the end of next year, we could still see mortgage rates around 6%, you know, and as we mentioned earlier, that would still leave much of that lock-in effect in place for most homeowners and is probably still limiting the supply, particularly of existing homes that are on the market more broadly. Uh, following suit, we would expect limited growth in, in home sales over the next year or so. I, I would expect some further downside in the near term, especially as the market just adjusts to the recent jump in rates, which have really seen a spike over the past two months. And as we shift into 24, sales should stabilize, but at a pretty low level. And I think there isn't much upside really until the rate environment eases. And as we kind of mentioned earlier, don't expect that to happen until late in 2024. So that should present some upside as we go into 2025 and likely into 2026. But especially just for the next 12 to maybe 18 months, it's a pretty sluggish environment, we think, for overall housing market activity. You know, there are a couple, I think, positive things you could look to as you look ahead for the outlook, at least past the next six to 12 months. There's likely to be a rebound in economic activity later in 2024 if we do see that modest recession happening in the first half of next year. The second half should be better, and especially going into 2025, we should see rising incomes, faster job gains, and that recovery stage. And that should hopefully help to offset some of these affordability concerns that many buyers have in the current market and likely will continue to have over much of the next year. And I think one more positive note for the housing market when you look out more in a medium to long term is still positive demographics. You still have a large millennial generation that's aging into those prime home buying years. They're starting families, they're looking at schools, and they're saying, I, I want to move from an apartment into a single family home. I, I want to get the financial and the familial benefits of having that single family housing operation. So that should continue to support demand for single family housing, even with many of the cost headwinds that we're still likely to see in the, the near term to medium term outlook. And there's also just an overdue changeover in home ownership from a very large home ownership amongst the baby boomer generation to the younger generation. And again, as that changeover happens in many of the markets across the country, that should also help support sales 
over the next five to 10 years as we just see that natural changeover uh, as, as those generation age and move upward in their, their traditional patterns of home ownership over the next decade or so. So I, I think that you know, while we are pretty dour on the outlook for the next six to 12 months, I still think the ultimate low point for home sales is still pretty solid. There, there are demand drivers that will continue to push up sales. You know, rising prices will continue to be a concern though, especially for first time home buyers. But, you know, eventually I think there will be a jump in listings as we see those mortgage rates come down. You know, as they get down, especially down to 5%, maybe sometime over 2025, that's gonna be close enough to, I think, to where many of the current mortgage rates are that more people are gonna try to cash out. They're gonna come back into the market. We should see a wave of listings and hopefully that helps promote better balance between supply and demand than what we've seen in recent years and also should help help to cool housing prices and hopefully make things a little bit more affordable for many of the buyers that ultimately want to get that single family home. Well, thank you, Ben and Daniel. Thanks for a great discussion on the housing market. We'll continue to watch things in the weeks ahead. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified of each new episode when it's released. Until next time, for our Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023, Nationwide.